Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live from sunny Southern California. Welcome, welcome, welcome in. Um, there's a lot to get to today, and we have a great show planned for you. Remember the Doug Gottlieb Show brought to you by Bet Rivers. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports, Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. Um, all right, we've got some all-pro talk. we got John Middlecoff's going to join us. We'll talk all the games. James Jones is going to join us. We'll ask him about the Packers laying in wait and how hard or easy that will be to have the week off to get fully rested, fully healthy. we got more picks. Keep in mind, my picks, 60% uh, in the NFL regular season. Okay, 60%, 80 54-1. You can check them out. They're all posted uh, for, for you to remember. Also, I do think there's epic foreshadowing of what we're going to see between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. What is that foreshadowing? You just have to stay tuned here the DG Show. I uh, got a little college hoops talk, a little NBA talk. Um, no real baseball. Don't care. By the way, did anybody else see hockey? Like, again, I'll, I'll be just because I don't work at ESPN anymore doesn't mean I don't watch ESPN at all anymore. But hockey on, on like a Thursday night in the winter is so weird to me. Literally, I, I don't know anything about hockey and then all of a sudden they they flashed up something about Connor mcdavid i was like oh i've heard of him moving on i'm not trying to sit here and belittle hockey fans every radio stat will tell you that uh generally hockey fans don't listen to sports radio and sports radio fans hear hockey and go click it's a cool sport it's got the fan base that it has is crazy but god i saw it and i was like i don't even know anything about i literally only know some of the teams in the sport and even then i don't that weird because I remember when I was a kid, '93, that was big. When uh, when the when the Kings went to the Stanley Cup Finals and the curved stick was that Marty McSorley? Marty, I'm getting some nods. Marty, Marty McSorley, is that who had the curved stick? All right, good. That's it. That's that's the limit to my hockey knowledge. There's your hockey minute. We'll talk about the NFL. Why? Because everybody cares about the NFL, right? And the Raiders take on the Bengals. Now, this is a rematch of a game earlier this year, and you'll get people that say, "Look, I know the final score wasn't close." I get it. I know the final score wasn't close. But it was 17-13 before it got away from the Raiders. Very true. Okay? Very true. That 17-13 was the score. And it got away from them. And the Bengals put them away late. But there are things that are not discussed on sports radio. There are things that are not discussed on sports TV. On TV, we talk about lame things like, I'll think they want it more. Or bulletin board material, that's what decided the game. You know what really decides the game? Matchups. Quality of play. Play calling. Individuals' competitiveness sometimes is, is, is a key factor. Although, you get to the playoffs and everybody's competing and playing hard because it is, in fact, your last game if you lose. 
But what about the, the things that people don't discuss enough? Culture, that's kind of talked about, but hard to really put a, uh, um, a, a finger on. Okay. Confidence, how a team's playing like that. Their level of confidence. Raiders are a confident bunch. And here's the other culture, confidence, and here's the other C, conditioning. Now, conditioning is kind of a vague term, but most people who play sports know it's a very, very real thing. And you may think when I say conditioning, it means the Raiders are out of shape. No, it doesn't mean that at all. Okay? doesn't mean that at all. But when you play in the NFL, that time off you have is not just to prepare in terms of the schematics, breaking down tape and trying to figure out exactly what's going on. But the, the, the time that you have off, you need to rest your body. NFL games are very, are, well, I don't have to tell you, but they're violent. And playoff teams are a heightened level of violence. You know, there's a thing in the NCAA tournament that most people who know have been to these sites. You play that last game on a Thursday night or a Friday night, and then sometimes you'll play, you know, a Duke or one of the higher seats. You play the first game on a Saturday or Sunday. Even though you have a day off, you really have a half day to a full day off less than your opponent. It's a real thing. That's the case here with the Raiders and the Bengals. The Bengals are better than the Raiders. The Bengals are healthier than the Raiders. The Bengals have already beaten the Raiders. The Bengals, like the Raiders, should have confidence, albeit they don't have any playoff confidence because they haven't won a playoff game. But the same could be said. The same could be said for the Raiders, right? I think, all I can think of is Yannick Ngakwe. Was he on the Jaguars? I think he was on the Jaguars when they went to the AFC Championship game. But in terms of, like, Derek Carr's never played in a playoff game. Remember, he got hurt last time they actually made the playoffs. So I think the Bengals are a pretty confident bunch. The Bengals are a team who, um, you know, they end the regular season with a loss to the Browns, but they don't play their dudes. Right? So they are fresh and rested. They had a week off. They had won three games in a row, including beating the Chiefs, at home, solidifying their spot in the playoffs. So with that in mind, confidence, culture, not issues. Conditioning, massive issue. Massive. There's a lot of things that go into it, right? But when your team falls apart late at home against the Bengals last time they played, Bengals scored 19 points. In the fourth quarter, they scored 22 points. In the second half, they win 32-13. There's something that it was 16-13 to early in the fourth quarter, and then it just got away from the Raiders. That's conditioning. Um, remember, Darren Waller played, but was healthier when he played in that game. We'll see his level of health this time around, as he wasn't really a major factor. He had seven catches, 116 yards. The Bengals did a great job of making the Raiders play uh, left-handed, make them just throw the ball a ton. And Joe Burrow wasn't the Joe Burrow that we see now. Like, there's a lot that goes into that game as opposed to this game. So many things have changed. But the biggest thing to me is, it's not that the Raiders, remember the Raiders got 10 gift points last weekend against the Chargers. Zay Jones flops in the end zone, at near the end of the first half, that becomes a first and goal to go. Paul wasn't catchable, and it wasn't even P.I. That's, that's seven, 
And then, of course, Brandon Staley going for it, fourth and two at his own 18, led to a field goal. That's 10 gift points from the Chargers. Now, I don't know if the Bengals have given any gift points. I haven't seen Zach Taylor coach in the playoffs, neither of you. And I don't think the Raiders are poorly coached. But I do think that the depletion of the Raiders' uh, defensive secondary, combined with the confidence and now experience of Joe Burrow, and now the Bengals are fully healthy in terms of their pass game. There is weapon after weapon after weapon. But the biggest thing to me is the Raiders played basically Monday morning, and now they got to play Saturday, the early game, to take on the Bengals. The Bengals haven't won a playoff game in forever. There'll be unbelievable energy in that building. And the Bengals can dial up their own energy because they're fresh, they're rested. That's a real thing. But the last thing is this. We see this oftentimes. And we see this oftentimes in the playoffs and in the bowl season. You know, one of the reasons that certain conferences have better bowl records than others is, look, if you take the top, couple of teams from a conference like the SEC or the Big Ten and you put them in the then BCS and now or the New Year's Day Bowls or the college football playoff what's left are teams that are elevated above their actual talent actual skill if you will I said this about the Broncos when they reached the Super Bowl with John Elway they weren't that good John Elway rescued them made them into Super Bowl teams and then they got exposed we've seen in the playoffs previously team sneaks in the playoffs not really that good And then they get lambasted because, well, they weren't really that good. They're not truly a playoff team. I think that's the Raiders. Like, look, if Gruden's the coach and the Raiders are fully healthy and, you know, maybe. Maybe. But if we're being completely honest, right, the Colts, whether it was quarterback play or their their massive injuries and COVID issues, that, that is a roster that should have been a playoff team. The Chargers absolutely should have been a playoff team. The Bengals absolutely should have been a playoff team. The Raiders are below those teams. They're really not of the caliber of those three. Bengals just, the, excuse me, the Browns. The Browns had a ridiculous number of injuries. The Colts, a ridiculous number of injuries and COVID shutdowns. And the Chargers had the COVID, had injuries, and frankly, just kind of crapped the bed a couple of times and end up not in the playoffs. Raiders steal a couple, beat the Chargers in overtime, and now we're in the playoffs. And they have far and away the shortest rest, and they didn't get the rest of their players. We talk about things that don't matter oftentimes on television, on radio. Who wants it more? Zach Taylor versus, you know, Rich Basaccia. They're not going to do anything against each other quarterback versus quarterback. Well, they don't actually play against each other. You know what really matters? Your culture, your confidence, your conditioning. Both teams are confident. Both teams have changed their culture. The conditioning battle, and frankly, the talent battle, it's the Bengals. It's the Bengals. All right, more picks upcoming, more discussion on some of these games. The Bengals are a five and a half point favorite. I obviously like the Bengals a great deal, a great deal. 48 and a half would mean, you know, if, if the Bengals were to win 30 to 14, right? 30 to 14, that, that is under. Excuse me, 30 to 14 is 44 points, right? right? I like the under, and I like the Bengals. More picks to come. The all-pro team, all-pro first team, was announced this morning. 
All pro first team was announced this morning. Guess who the quarterback is? Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Here's your all-pro teams. First team, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback. Jonathan Taylor, running back. Mark Andrews, tight end. Wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel. Left tackle, Trent Williams. Right tackle, Tristan Wirfs. Left guard, Joel Bitonio. Uh, right guard, Zach Martin. Center, Jason Kelsey, the Philadelphia Eagles. I uh, got uh, on the defensive side, you got uh, pass rushers, TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. Interior linemen, Cam Hayward and Aaron Donald. Micah Parsons is, is uh, one of the three li- linebackers. Uh, Darius Leonard's and Devondre Campbell. And uh, then you got cornerbacks, Trayvon Diggs, who, of course, led the world in interceptions, and Jalen Ramsey, Kevin uh, Bayard, and Jordan Poyer rounded out. Um, feels like I got it about right, right? And was it 32 of the 50 votes went to Aaron Rodgers to be the first team? 34 out of the 50 votes? Okay. I mean, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty significant amount there. Says he's going to be the MVP, right? That's really what, what it means. All pro matters. Pro Bowl doesn't matter. All pro is not the end all be all, not the complete defining thing, but far more definitive and far more respected in terms of what it actually means. You know, so it is interesting. It's Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I mean, if not for injuries, there's a certain man in Tennessee that would have a word word about that. Mark Andrews had a spectacular season with the Baltimore Ravens, I believe, uh, set the franchise receptions record with the Baltimore Ravens. And remember, he did with essentially two quarterbacks the last four games of the season. He didn't have Lamar Jackson. That's pretty special. Devontae Adams has an incredible connection with Aaron Rodgers. Cooper Cup in the discussion of MVP of the league. And Debo Samuel, who is incredibly versatile. That guy's a monster. You know, like, look, are there other guys you can make an argument for? Absolutely. Wide receiver is a hard one. Hard one. But it, it feels like Aaron Rodgers will be the MVP. John Middlecoff joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Isaac's crying foul over David Cully. I'm like... I'm not in any way surprised. I, I, everyone I know thought this was a one-year, maybe two-year deal. Um, he gets reportedly 17 to walk away, 17 million to walk away. Was David Cully done wrong? No, not at all. I mean, he never. If it wouldn't have been for probably, like you said, the worst job opening in the history of the league, uh, he never would have been a head coach in his life. And the, the amount of money that he made, you know. I, it's it's weird how the media just it, these guys. This isn't a normal job. You don't just not get paid when you get fired. You know, like you get paid millions of dollars, millions of dollars that he never would have made. He was in his mid sixties. I work with him in Philadelphia. Nice guy. I was shocked when he actually once became a coordinator. Let alone, you know, he's a position coach. You know, and uh, they have to pay him to go away. So he's not getting screwed. I, I think there's just. I think a lot of people talk about this stuff that have no clue what they're talking about. Uh, and you see that definitely on social media. But, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he was fired to just get him through the, the mud and the muck. 
And uh, he knew what he was doing when he signed up for the, the job. That's why he got a massive raise from where he came from. Okay, so um, Gerard Mayo or Brian Flores, right? I, I think it's, it's interesting. Both, obviously, Patriots ties. Those are Patriots sort of guys. Nick Casario wants to be involved in, in all of this, in this stuff. Who do you think they hire? I uh, I mean, I don't – Nick's a pretty private person, but I would imagine they want someone with some experience, right? Uh, if he hires Mayo, who clearly is really highly thought of, Belichick guy, you know, born and bred there as a player and then obviously now as a coach, uh, might give Casario more juice. But I do think, you know, Flores makes a lot of sense, assuming they have a good relationship, which I would imagine they do. They work together forever that he has experience being a head coach. I mean, they're going to try to win. Maybe not, you know, win big next year, but in the next couple of years, the thing in the NFL, you can, especially once they flip Watson, uh, they're going to get a bunch of picks, and they're going to be able to turn this thing around and be competitive. That division, I mean, the Titans, while they're the one seed, like we don't look at the Titans like some powerhouse roster. Uh, the Colts have major issues at quarterback. The Jags are a laughingstock, so I, I, I would guess – my gut would say Flores. Now, I mean, he might have options. Who knows? Again, I, I the relationship between these two guys, you'd have to be privy to that to really feel good about making the prediction. But, yeah, I would want a guy with some head coaching experience, especially for Casario. Part of what made Bill so great was he had the five years of failure as the head man that he was able to build off once he got to New England. You know, and that, that – is kind of a trident. Look at, you know, I'd say the second best head coach in the league right now is Coach Reed. And, you know, I, mean, he's, I think he benefited from all of his experience in Philadelphia that he brought to Kansas City. Yeah. No, I mean, like, sometimes you have to fail to succeed, you know? And, um, and that, that second spot, you do everything, everything right. Some people are like that in marriage, right? The up the first marriage, the second marriage is, is, is the one. Um, For sure. Okay, so uh, help me out with Flores. Like, you know, I, I again, I'm from afar. Thought he's a hell of a coach. Seems like it seems like a hell of a dude. Um, but now you hear what was really going on, and Greer's been there forever. He obviously has sweat equity with the owner, and he's like the world's nicest guy, and and manages down very very well. Um, what do you think of the decision that Miami made? Well, I think the one thing in the league that even people that are locked in and know people it's truly hard to get a feel for what the owner does and what the owner wants. And the general manager typically, you know, in situations that aren't like, you know, Belichick or Andy Reid or, you know, Kyle Shanahan or something, is just going to be around the general manager more. And the amount of, like, uh, backstabbing, I think you could say, that it goes on all the time, like, to me, that's what happened. There was a clear power struggle between the two guys, and Greer won. And Ross is kind of coming out and saying it's on him, but – he chose one guy over the other. That's, it's pretty black and white to me. And the one thing I would say with Flores, who 19 wins the last two years, pretty impressive given that it was Fitzpatrick and, you know, the, the little left-hander that is not very good. Yeah. That, uh, that I think sometimes with the Belichick guys, and, and Flores was there even longer than Judge. Flores, I think, got there in like 04. It's all he knows. And Bill is a grumpy little guy. But that grumpiness, you know, you win there, and you win big. I think a lot of those guys, you would say Mangini, Josh, Patricia, Judge, Flores, they kind of copy that grumpiness. Now, part of being a football coach, you don't sleep that much. 
you lose games, you can be angry. I have no problem with being angry. But some of these stories that I read coming out of my – like he would walk by the hall and, you know, and a player would walk by and he wouldn't say anything. Like that's classic Belichick. Like I, it, to me, that's just copying Bill. That's the problem with all these guys. Is, and and their, their snapshot of Bill is Bill now when, when he's, he's succeeded for 20 years. Not Bill when he first got to New England when it, it wasn't that way, right? And, and the sport has changed. Like all of these guys are kind of all the same in that they they lack the the bedside manner uh, in, that that it takes, and they just think, hey, Patriot way, Patriot way, Patriot way, and that doesn't doesn't work everywhere because I think I think not, I think here's a good example of Mike Shanahan's crew, which is now kind of considered Kyle Shanahan's crew, mm-hmm. all younger guys, right? You know, Lafleur, McVeigh, obviously Kyle. You know, some of, you know, McDaniel and other LaFleur's at OC, who knows if things go well, maybe he becomes a head coach. One thing I think those guys do a better job of is just being true to themselves. Like Sean McVay, say what you want about him celebrating the end zone last week. Like that is Sean McVay. You watch LaFleur, who's, you know, kind of a mixture of Kyle and Sean, but he's just, he feels very comfortable in his own skin. Same with Kyle. These guys, it's like, are you really acting like this or are you just, doing everything that you've seen Bill do forever. Like, you have to be yourself. Now, there are elements that in football, being a tough guy and being stern, like that, that's never going to change, but I, I don't understand. And, and Josh, you know, there have been articles written that he's like, Adam Empty's going to be a new guy. Like, really? I mean, all, all he knows is Bill. You know, I, I, think, I think it's hard. For whatever reason, the Shanahan guys are just a little more relaxed. And in 2022, and I, I'm – probably closer to you like i'm more old school with with just life and definitely sports you gotta kind of adapt with the times you know and i think these guys that crew of guys while they're having some success and why players like playing for all their teams is because it doesn't feel like they're as consistently angry seven days a week it's it's a it's a it's a great point it's a really really good point it's doug gottlieb show here on fox sports radio john middlecoff three announced his podcast it's amazing uh two million downloads a month you got to check that sucker out anytime you want to know anything about what's going on in football um i like brandon staley says all the right things uh i got a tough time getting over fourth and two on your own 18 and giving away three points i just i just do i didn't like the decision Same. and the play call was even worse than the decision and, um, yeah, I, you know, I just, I feel like that one's a tough one to overcome. I don't think anything of the timeout. I think that's complete non, it's a, I, I thought Collinsworth actually made something out of something that wasn't. Uh, but when you see the chargers at home with Justin Herbert, one of the elite talents in the NFL, what comes to your mind? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's an embarrassment. <laughs> you know, when you look at the NFL, all the top quarterbacks won their divisions, now, he plays in a division with Patrick Mahomes, but to win less games than the Raiders, I, I, I don't see how you look at that and, and just – I'd be at a loss for words. And you can say, well, their personnel wasn't great. The front. It's good enough. I mean, the, with the Raiders, I mean, we're, we're acting like they have, like, John Madden's roster. To, to, lose, to, to have a record that is worse than them when the dust settles, when the season ended, honestly, Doug, it's crazy that they were even in that position, I'd argue. Yes. You know, it's understandable why the Colts I, I, were in that position. I, the, 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 they can't lose the Texans, you know. and They got killed by the Texans. Killed they got the Texans. worked in that game. Killed. Killed. Worked. A, 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 a no-show. And, he, a, and here's, the, here's the thing. Justin Herbert was sweet last year. 
and he's, he was even better this year. Brandon Staley, we know he has nothing to do with that. Like, that's just he's, – he's especially because he is the defensive coordinator. So their defense just got dramatically worse as the season went on with just, like, basic stuff. Do they even know where they're going? And he said a quote, and I talked about this in, my, in the podcast. He said something a couple days ago because, I mean, he says a lot of great quotes. And one of them was, like, his process – he felt very he, – he thought his, he was coordinated better than he ever had, even though he had the number one defense last year. And his process was right, but the results weren't there. And, I, you know, you can say that when you're Nick Saban. Like, we talk about process with winners, with Saban, with Belichick, with Tiger Woods, with Tom Brady. You don't get to, like, hammer your process when it doesn't work. You know, I, it sounds really good, but, like, this is a bottom-line business, and you lost. I, I – I don't know. You, you have this short window with a rookie quarterback on this incredible contract, and they've already, they're already over two without even making – I mean, and especially this year. I'll give him the rookie year, whatever. But this year, to miss a year on his contract when it's really cheap, I, that, that one is really, really hard to stomach. If I'm a Charger fan, if I, I don't know if the owner cares, but uh, that, that one's tough. Uh, okay. Uh, conversely, the Raiders go to the playoffs – and it's a great story. It's unbelievable. Derek Carr solidified himself as the franchise guy there, right? It's going to take the, the National Guard to get him out of that spot, feels like, for now. But I, I, they're, they're walking into a beating, I think, in Cincinnati. I know the game was close last time, but how can you dial up the energy it takes for a playoff game when you just got done playing after midnight on the East Coast and you got, you got to play the first game on a Saturday? I, I just I don't see it to you. I think it's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, historically, Derek hasn't been very good in the cold. You know, he's like a true California guy that just he just struggles, you know, in, in weather. And not that it's supposed to be terribly bad, but I think you know, like low thirties. It's it's the AFC North in January. It's it's not going to be a warm day, uh, like you said. I mean, they just had a empty the kitchen sink game late into the night. I do think you'll you're able to muster the energy. Like I, I think they'll be ready to go in terms of mentally and physically fresh. Just because, like, watching the Niners this week, they, they're, it's all walkthrough stuff. Like, the, the practices are really over unless you have, like, a bye week. Uh, the one thing I just question is they've struggled. The, the thing with the Charger game, they haven't been scoring. I think they scored 30 points twice in, like, the last nine games. Part of it is because Ruggs is gone. Waller had disappeared. Their offensive line isn't that great. The one thing with the Bengals, like, when it does click for them – they can score points, and they can score points fast. So it's just a very difficult matchup for them if it gets into a spot where, you know, for, to me, for the Raiders to win, this game is probably going to have to be in, like, the high teens. And I, it's going to be their defense is going to have to play out of their mind. Luckily, their pass rush is pretty good, and you would say the weakness of the Bengals is their, you know, really their front five guys. Yeah, but he'll, I think he'll get rid of it pretty quickly as well, right? But, but, but we'll, we, we shall see. Um, a lot of people talking Niners or the Cowboys. I've liked the Niners. And uh, Jimmy was good Jimmy in the fourth quarter. They come back and win. They've obviously dialed up ways to get Debo the, the football. They have Nick Bosa back fully healthy. But the Cowboys have, they're one of those teams like everyone in the league respects their talent. They're great at linebacker with Parsons. Uh, they're pretty talented overall on offense. Am I missing something in thinking this is like a pick game? Yeah, I think it's a coin flip game. Uh, I, I think the question is with the Cowboys, because those, those couple guys up front with Parsons, are they have a physical front. It's, 
if they get into a game, you know, let's say they fall down. Like the Niners, this core group has been through it all. Wins, losses, Super Bowl losses, playoff victories. They've been playing the playoffs. The Cowboys, you know, kind of been on cruise control a little bit. And while they won five of their last six games, check out who they were playing. <laughs> you know, a lot of NFC East, Eagles backups, and a Saints team, which at the time, Simeon, Taysom Hill combination at quarterback. But you're right. The Cowboys are very, very talented. I would say Mike McCarthy. The Niners have just owned him and Rodgers over the years. Not offensively, they've always been good. It's their defense. So if the Cowboys can, if their defense comes to play, to me it's a game, and the Cowboys can win. But if if they have like a soft feel to them, because one of the knocks on them is like, what is really their signature win this year? You know, do do they have do they have guys? And really, their group just hasn't been together that long, right? McCarthy's only been there a couple years. Dak missed all last season. Ceedee Lamb's, you know, in his second year. Parsons only been there. This is rookie season. Uh, Zeke and Tyron Smith, some guys have been there for a long time, but I just wonder if it gets really tough, you know, because I, I know the Niners can hang in that environment. Now, if the Cowboys are winning, they're good, like most, you know, talented passing teams, the front-running aspect of it, it'll be, it'll look sweet. But what if the Niners come out flying and it's 10 nothing? Like, do they have that medal in them? I, that's what I don't, I don't know. Just, they had a, they got some, they rely on some younger star players, which, when things go well, those guys are going to look sweet. But, you know, the first time you go through it, and I would just say pro sports in general, young guys sometimes have to take some lumps. So is McCarthy dynamic enough? Because you'd have to say, like if you pulled the 32 GM said you have a big game, would you place your bet on Kyle Shanahan? Would you place your bet on Mike McCarthy? I think we all know who people would be betting on, right? Yeah, I, I think we all know who, who people would, would be betting. I will point out that McCarthy – Remember when they played against Atlanta, and granted he had no defensive backs, Kyle Shanahan's team lit him up before Kyle Shanahan lost in the Super Bowl to the Patriots, right? That was, uh, that was remember the Patriots 28-3 to year? Was that, the, was that the NFC champs championship? Yeah. 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 When Rodgers was just kind of carrying them yeah. down that, those couple games. Yeah. yeah, their defense was a joke. Dom, Dom Capers, but it wasn't just it Dom was, Capers. It was bad. It this, was, this, it, this defense obviously is probably better than any of his Packers defense. I would just thinking off the top of my head, you know, but, especially if these pass rushers are going to be this good. Can you, who's, uh, who's the best, who's the worst matchup for the Packers? Uh, I, I, you know, you'd have to say the 49ers just because they've had success against them in the past. Uh, one thing that's going to trans translate to Lambeau. And I, I was actually ran into Bill Romanowski today at the gym. He's like, the one thing that always translates into these frigid cold games is just going to be a run game because it can just slow down the game. And if that's the one thing you say, well, they had one of the best quarterbacks over, you know, for the last decade. But when you have a passing offense, it can just be hard to play in whatever the temperatures are at Lambeau. Now, if they get all these guys back, I listen, I'll pick the Packers to make the Super Bowl. But, I, you know, Kyle Shanahan and that group, if they went into Lambeau, won't believe they can't win. You know, and I, that's just a tough environment for just any player. But when you've when you've played that team, I guess they haven't played in that environment because the NFC Championship game two years ago came out here. But mm-hmm. remember, the Niners, they, the team was better on defense for sure back in the Harbaugh days. But if you can go there and run the ball and play physical defense, you'll just have a shot because it's it's just harder for Rodgers and Devontae to go, you know, throw for 250 yards, just those two on you. Awesome stuff. Middlecoff, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the playoffs. We'll talk to you next week. You too, man. See ya.
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports, the Bed River Sportsbook. It's the trusted name in online sports betting, Bed River Sportsbook. About to be 21, President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to a game. This is Game Time. Yay. Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Isaac Lohenkron, what's the game today? Get out your crystal ball. Psychic. Which first-round underdog will pull off the upset this weekend? The Raiders at five-and-a-half-point underdogs. The Patriots at four-and-a-half. The Eagles at eight-and-a-half. The 49ers a three-point dog. The Steelers a 12-and-a-half-point underdog. Or the Arizona Cardinals, who are four-point dogs. Uh, I think the San Francisco 49ers are the most likely to. All right, duly noted. Now, speaking of teams that did not make the playoffs, will Carson Wentz be the quarterback next season for the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, yes, he'll be the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. I think I think it's at some point, although Chris Ballard opened up the possibility of competition, it's just keep replacing quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. At some point, you have to have continuity. I think they'll they'll err on the side of continuity. Well, one of the guys with the great nicknames of all time, Eric Sleeping with Enemy, get a head coaching job this offseason. Presently, of course, the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. Uh, that one's that one's hard. Um, I've I've told people before what I've been informed about Enemy in terms of his viability as a head coach. It's when when people say he's not a great interviewer, it's not like he can't carry on a conversation as an engaging fella. There just weren't a lot of specifics. And it's a field where that's generally needed. I think the answer is yes. I just, I can't, my crystal ball doesn't tell me exactly where. On to the NBA. Will Ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies win the NBA's MVP award this year? Ja or nah? Uh, that's a nah. I think John Moran is terrific, but it's going to be really hard when you have name brand guys like LeBron James and Steph Curry having MVP caliber seasons. LeBron because of the statistics and Steph because of the statistics, but also the wins. In college football, will USC land Caleb Williams? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the hardest one. One of all of your psychic abilities. Now, on to college basketball. Psychic? Who will win tonight in college hoops between Fresno State and UNLV, the Tarkanian Bowl? Fresno's a one-and-a-half-point favorite. And um, yeah, the Tarkanian Bowl is funny. I really like Fresno State. He brought it up because I'll be calling the game tonight on Fox Sports 1. Ah, a little preview of coming attractions. And finally, after you do that... Will you finish the Cobra Kai series this weekend? No, I, I got to catch up on on um, uh, Yellowstone. Then we'll get to Cobra Kai. That's that's the order. No mercy on Cobra Kai. Take it. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Sweep the lake. Sweep, sweep the, sweep the lake. All right, we got a great uh, show for you. I'm pretty excited. Check out the latest lines. World Sports, Better Sportsbook. Better versus the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. James Jones joins us next hour. We'll ask him about, among other things, the pack. We'll ask him about Cooper Cup as well. Um, but 
I think I see how things are going to go for the Steelers. I'll forecast for you next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. 